1: 8553251780 that's
2: 8553251780 you guys it's Rick Tittle
3: week of sports talk on sports byline USA. Rick Tittle coming to you from my house where there's no cough button. Excuse me for a second as we enter the seven month of quarantine. That's right, it's over six months now. That we were told, stay in your house. Don't worry it'll it'll just go away. Just give it a couple of weeks. Maybe through the end of April. And everything will be hunky-dory. Not so much. But we're here still talking sports. 1-800-878-PLAY. That's the number to call to get in and get heard. Wherever you're listening in this great land of ours. Arkansas, Wyoming, North Carolina, South Carolina. It doesn't matter. If it's sports you want to talk about, I am here for you. I'm Rick Tittle. 1-800-878-PLAY. 7529. Big shout out to our troops listening both home and abroad. A lot of U.S. military bases, obviously, but of course, overseas, it's great to be on the American Forces Radio Network. Uh, The sun never sets upon that network, like the old British Empire, and whatever branch you are with, you're doing a great job, and we always hope you stay safe and we get to see you back home soon. We are on the internet, who's not, but we really are, Uh, lots of places, but first and foremost, just go to sportsbyline.com as we stream along, click, listen, live, Emails, those go to rick at sportsbyline.com. We need to take a look at how we uh, picked, I say we, I mean me, over the weekend. We have the first ever professional football game in Las Vegas tonight. Bittersweet for me, <laughs> and uh, mostly bitter. Um, but also, uh, TuneIn app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app can get the programming, and your TV set, if you have cable, at CRN Digital Plus 2. That's the cable radio network channel, 2 We're there 24 7. Channel 1 got taken first by the Bulgarian Cooking Channel, but we got number 2. We also have some guests. We have an Olympic gold medalist from Brazil, a couple other guys, just some guys. Get on in and get hurt. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll
4: be right back. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5560 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5560.
5: Enjoy! At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done.
3: I don't know about genius. I guess that's your words, not mine, as I'm talking to myself. 1-800-878-PLAY is the number to get in. Let's start off down in Houston, Texas with our buddy Christian. How's it going, my man?
2: I'm doing all right. Hopefully, hoping that this storm that's about to hit my area doesn't cause too much damage.
3: When do you guys not have a storm coming?
2: Um in any other season that doesn't begin with the word hurricane. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Very good.
2: But speaking of an actual storm, and a storm of which the first word I say before it would not be suitable for broadcast on this or any other fcc regulated network, I want to talk mm-hmm. about the Texans. And yeah. considering the fact that they completely, you know, wet the bed, so to speak, when they lost to the Ravens yesterday. I just have to ask, they're 0-2 now. How bad do you think things will be before they just be, you know, I mean, before they're just completely out of hand?
3: Well, you don't ever want to get off to an 0-3 start. I remember when the Raiders went to the playoffs starting 0-3 when they were in L.A., and I think they were the only the second team to ever do that. That's a big oh. hole to get out of. Um, and this was one that I got wrong. I was over 50% with my picks, but I thought the Texans uh, playing at home that they were going to beat the Ravens, even though the Ravens are favored. But um, as you know, uh, Ross Blay- Lock, Blacklock, the second-round pick, he... Uh, Got into a little unnecessary roughness. He ended up getting thrown out of the game. And J.J. Uh, J. Watt was not happy. He called him selfish. He called him dumb. And hopefully that's just a veteran telling a rookie how to behave, and hopefully that's not the wheels falling off in the locker room.
2: Exactly. But then again, considering the fact that, you know, the team's already going through a lot of stuff, with the fact that they still can't get over the fact that they traded DeAndre Hopkins and now everybody's expecting them to either finish at 9 and 7 but lose in the first round of the playoffs because now the playoffs have been expanded or just outright don't make the playoffs at all
3: mm-hmm.
2: I mean well, would I mean you, agree I mean, with you
3: that? but what you just said with the playoffs being expanded um, uh huh. there's still a chance. There are, I mean, you have a fantastic quarterback, one of the best defensive players in the NFL. All is not Ooh. lost yet, Christian.
2: Exactly. I can understand that. Now, another thing I want to ask, you being obviously a former employee and a former fan of the Oakland Raiders, how do you feel about them debuting on Monday Night Football tonight, which, by the way, will air on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, ESPN2, and your local ABC affiliate as the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes.
3: Well, I'm not a, I'm not a former fan. I'm a fan. Um, I was a fan the 13 years they were in Los Angeles as well. Um, once they start mm-hmm. playing, it's just like when they are in L.A. Once they start playing, it's just, quote-unquote, the Raider game, um, mm-hmm. which is, I don't really think about where they are, <clears throat> but tonight, it will be pretty glaring, because they have a $2 billion stadium they've been building for three years, They're, they are they okay. were supposed to open it last year, they didn't, we got one more year in Oakland, which was good for me, which allowed me to be the pre- and post-game host for their flagship station, but anyway, go to London and saw them there, which was really cool, but... When I uh, did my broadcast from London, too. Anyway, that's all ancient history. They're the Las Vegas Raiders now. They're 1-0. They're playing a very good team. I did pick the Saints to win this game. I uh, hope I'm wrong. But, yeah, it's going to be a lot of Las Vegas butt-kissing tonight because they're going to show off their arena, which is not just going to be for football. You're going to have uh, the biggest rock stars in the world. You're going to have a World Cup, I'm sure. The world. Listen, when they had the World Cup draw... In 1993, for the '94 World Cup, where did they have it? FIFA had it in Las Vegas. Everyone in Europe wants to go to Las Vegas. So I can guarantee you the World Cup will be there and uh, other things as well. So it's, it's a big deal tonight.
2: Yeah, hopefully it will be a big deal. But I just hope that they don't ruin the whole surprise by making it all about the Las Vegas Raiders when everybody knows you still got the New Orleans Saints and you still got Sean Payton and Drew Brees running the show there. Well,
3: listen they're the they're the team with the pedigree. They got the the Super Bowl winning coach and quarterback still in place after all these years and suspensions mm-hmm. and injuries what have you. So, you know, as they said, they're one to know. They've got some tremendous weapon, weapons and Cook and Kamara uh, uh, yeah. and they're gonna probably you might whoop see it.
2: the
3: Raiders the whooping tonight. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, the Raiders should have really lost that game at Carolina, but Matt Rule made a boneheaded call. But listen, I'll take it. Um, I would love to see if the Raiders win this game against the Saints. I think they're going to be just um, uh, percolating with with confidence. I'll get more into it on the other side, but I mean it'd be a it'd be a huge deal to beat a team. Uh, like like New Orleans,
2: I see, I see. And one more thing before I get off the line with you, what are your thoughts about Deion Sanders officially being announced today as the head coach of the HBCU-based Jackson State Tigers out in Mississippi?
3: Well, he he said, you know, he's he's truly blessed and. He wrote, I believe, and, and listen, the, the AD there is thrilled, and why wouldn't he be? I mean, that's a huge draw when you're recruiting. And I think, um, you know, normally it's just a fact that when you are recruiting at a HBCU, you're not always going to get the blue-chip athlete because they want to go to the SEC or the ACC, the Big 12, what have you. I think there's, I'm not going to guarantee it, but I think there's an opportunity to now, now with a guy like that to actually get some of those athletes that may have thought about playing at, you know, Ole Miss or Mississippi State and they'll just stay right there at Jackson State. So I think it's a it's a huge thing. Now the the thing is now we know he's a motivator and that guy can talk. He can talk better than anybody in the world. We just have to know if he can coach and if he can motivate. And then we have to see when things go wrong, when there's stupid penalties and bad referee decisions and things like that, whether he blows his stack or whether he keeps a smooth, you know, Bill Walsh type of uh, countenance. So these are all mysteries right now.
2: True, true. I mean, considering the fact that the SWAC has signed up for spring ball, we won't know until April what happens. But if Jackson State does get successful, you know, maybe it could lead to more exposure between means. It could lead to more of a chance for your network, not just the folks running R and on sports on Saturdays on this network, to get more opportunities to, you know, talk about HBCU football in addition to the Power Five conferences.
3: Well, and the only thing, the only thing that if I'm a Jackson State fan or administrator, the only thing that would give me a little pause is when, Ian went on that. Um, podcast with jamie dukes and he said god called me to jackson state it's like let's let's try to keep our feet here on the earth let's not get too ethereal but uh no it's exciting i mean we're talking about jackson state and how often do we talk about jackson state so that's good for that christian thanks for the call man i really appreciate it hey
2: thanks for having me on as always and i will talk to you on social media until then at rich Tittle.
3: Sounds good, my friend, and the lines are available. Uh, well, actually, when we come back, we're going to speak with uh, Jackie Silva, a Brazilian Olympic Gold Medalist, and then we'll get the lines available again. 1-800-878-Play. Come on back.
8: Es wird nie was anderes geben. In diesem Land habe ich Treue geschworen. Bin geboren in der falls. Ich liebe dich nun mal, jeden Berg. Jedes Tag, Heimatland, du mein schönes
9: Pfälzerland.
10: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: All right, enough of that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show a national hero in her home country of Brazil, being that she brought home the Olympic medal with her partner Sandra Perez at the 86 Atlantic Games in beach volleyball. It is Jackie Silva one of the best to ever do it but she is here to talk about a movement that she's heading up called #LetHerRun. her run over the years we have uh, heard a lot about Castor Semenya well a Swiss court has now denied her appeal to compete um, Jackie welcome to the show it's it's this natural level of testosterone what have you hormones they never test the men for these things it's it's just for the women is that right yeah,
13: that's right. They they don't ask men. They shouldn't ask. They they don't ask men. They shouldn't ask women. That's the that's the point. So, uh by the way, thank you. It's great to be here. <laughs> Talk about so important matter.
3: So yeah, because I would I would, am- I would imagine very- that Usain. Bol- yeah, I'm sorry. I would I would imagine that Usain Bolt has more. Hormones than, than most men, but that doesn't kick him out of the Olympics. So why should it be that way for women, right? Yeah,
13: he, um, if they uh, have advantage against the other running, uh, they 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 run they run like a man. So, but they, they didn't, you know, like him. Um, like uh, uh, Kasser, Semenya, she uh, she should she she would have had a broke the Olympic and the world record and she didn't. So we we don't know why why he is why they do this exactly. I would like to understand that's why the uh, uh, this movement let her run uh, that's why what we we're doing this now, right now.
3: And it is an important time, um, if you think about just in the last decade, when it comes to um, gender, gender identification, uh, gender independence as well, um, there are people who can change their gender, but in the case of, of Castor, uh, she is a woman, and, but these, these proofs of biological sex, I mean, this is something that, that they, did to, they even did it to you without you even knowing it, is that right?
13: Yeah, that was when they competed in, in 1980 at the uh, Moscow Olympic Games. Uh, I had to do this test, and uh, I didn't know exactly what it was until I I I, under, I understood some other athletes they they were cut because they they had this high level of testosterone, and um, so the the thing is. Why the woman need to prove that they are women? And um uh, it, it is it's very strange because I think like because it's the natural they were born like this, um they shouldn't have any uh, doubt. It. And like he, for me is a quality. Uh why like he um like he's an he's he's a fair one. Uh, so there's a quality like Michael like felt, with all the quality from a special athlete. So they should, uh, um, that's, that's why we do this um, movement.
3: You know, it's it's fascinating to me that you went to the two boycotted Olympics. I mean, Jimmy Carter said, looking back, that was his biggest regret that he boycotted the Moscow Games because the Soviet Union was in Afghanistan, and, of course, they returned the favor four years later in Los Angeles. We Americans didn't get to see hardly anything about Moscow and, and just some films later on. What was that like to be in the middle of the Cold War uh, at the 80 Games in Moscow? Was it was, in fact, my
13: first time at the Olympics, and uh, it was... We, uh, at the time, when, now it seems like the Olympic Games is, is near to everyone. It's so easy to, to understand, to watch the games and everything. At the, and the 80s was really far, I mean, especially when you go to Russia. So that was an incredible games.
3: Speaking with Jackie Silva, Brazilian Olympic gold medalist in beach volleyball. Talking about hashtag Let Her Run. When you were fourteen, you were basically a professional volleyball player. What was it for you? Were you did you get to like five foot seven when you were fourteen, and you were already spiking and digging and setting? Did it come naturally to you? Yeah, it was, it was really natural
13: for me. That's yeah. Uh, besides anything what they say about those kind of clips. So, it, uh, like, uh, like I said, if Komenia uh, has advantage against the other bunnies uh, because of this, because of what she has naturally, I don't understand, I don't agree, because even though you were born with some natural kind of thing, you, you need to, to, have, you have to have a lot of work to become a, a special kind of athlete, you know. You, you need to work hard to become a, a champion of, of anything.
3: What was it about Castor Semenya, if people don't know, a track and field star from South Africa? I saw her win the gold medal in London, we all saw her win it in your hometown of Rio de Janeiro. This this was the Olympics. So what happened now that they're like, I mean, they haven't taken back her gold medals. So what what happened with all this?
13: You know, they uh, they change the rules now. What seems like the uh, uh, the testosterone, testosterone level. Now it's high, it's high. It should be lower, and so they don't want then. Katar and the other athletes like Francini, uh, Miossaba uh, uh, from Burundi, Margaret Wambui from Kenya, and of course Katia uh, from from South Africa. These athletes cannot be compete anymore because of this special, natural thing they have. So they, they keep the gold medals and everything they, they got, but they cannot compete anymore.
2: What so is it, we, last, we last we question for Jackie? We be to watch
13: them in the uh, Tokyo Olympic Games.
2: Last question for you, what it, is, it, what is it about this?
3: I'm sorry. What is it about this case that has you at the forefront to champion it? Because we all, I think, feel sympathy for her, but sympathy is not enough for you. You're going to lead this worldwide fight for injustice. Why have you taken this on?
13: Because I think, first of all, this, um, uh, this role, why do women need to prove that they are women? It's something should you know it should be like this Men don't need to prove they're men. why do women need to prove they are women and um and also i think the the, the human evolution i it, it, it's real so you you can't stop them. To do something, they do really good because they natural are different. Uh, this is such a strange. So, like it, 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 in, in time they said they cannot compete anymore. So they they make it a wall in front of them. They almost saying you. We, we don't want you here anymore. We don't need any big. That's especially her. She's a double champion, Olympic champion. So how come they decided, no, she cannot compete, and no one can can, can watch her compete anymore? So it's like they're sick. They're not sick, and they're, they're healthy person.
3: Well, it's a great cause. We've been speaking with Jackie Silva, the Olympic gold medalist, who also runs Smart Athletes and encourages youngsters to stay in school with volleyball. And of course, has been recognized by UNESCO. Uh, doing great work, Jackie. Thank you so much for your time. Once again, hashtag Let Her Run. Hopefully, we'll catch up down the road.
13: Thank you. Thank
3: you. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Violent.
10: You must be crazy. Use a DOG, and if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
3: This is what had happened. Thank you very much and welcome back to the show. Lines are available the rest of this hour. We still got another two hundred nineteen here. So come on in and get heard. Taking a look back at what went down yesterday in the NFL. I know there's been a lot of memes for Atlanta fans about endless suffering, but that's just the way it is to be an Atlanta fan with the Hawks and the, I guess originally the Atlanta Flames before they became the Calgary Flames, the Atlanta Falcons and the Braves. Well, the Braves, despite the fact they won 14 divisions in a row and they lost a lot of World Series, they did win one World Series. Was that over Cleveland? So, it's not endless suffering. Larry Jones Jr. and Maddox, Smoltz, Glavin, those guys, they did get a ring. But if you are one of those people who hates baseball or just the Braves aren't your team and you're just a Falcons fan, then, yeah, you're still not recovering from the Super Bowl against New England And then you have to look at the game yesterday (laughs) in Dallas where they contrived to lose. I saw this from Adam Schefter, and this is why I love nerds who know stats. The Falcons, uh, my dad was born in 1933, so this is the first time in his life. The Falcons are the first team since 1933 to lose a game despite scoring 39 points and having zero turnovers. For yesterday, those teams had a record of 440 and 0. (laughs) All you can do is chuckle, is that they found a way to break a 440-game win streak, (laughs) which is true. A winning streak of 440 games for almost 90 years. And the Falcons found a way to blow it. And I'm not laughing at Atlanta. I'm just laughing at the fact that it was as sure, as set in stone as it could possibly be. And if you think about Mike Montgomery at home in his debut with one gamble after another, failing, 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 and it was an onside kick that made everything moot. And remember, there's talk about getting rid of the onside kick, which I'm against. But to see the ball roll, and it only went five yards. It's got to go 10, but it was spinning on its side, and it had kind of a 45-degree angle trajectory on it, and it kept going forward. So everybody, the Cowboys obviously are saying, all right, let's see if this goes 10, let's see if this goes 10, let's see if this goes 10. At any point during that charade, Falcons player could have ran up and touched it, and it would have been a flag. And if they had recovered it, they could have um, not taken the penalty. They could have declined it, the word I was looking for, and just taken the ball right there. They could have literally run up and just punched the ball. They didn't even need... But here's the thing that I have been saying forever is that people who play in the NFL many times don't know the rules. They don't. And why would I say that? I have been at NFL games where there'll be a dead ball and the whistle will blow and somebody will pick it up and start running. No, no, no. The whistle means the play is over. Okay, well, that's somewhat forgivable. You could say I was just making sure or I didn't hear the whistle. I have seen guys run the wrong way. I have seen guys make the safety sign over their head for a touchback, and I have seen guys do the touchback arm wave for a safety. I've seen guys jump back into bounds because they think it's going to stop the clock instead of going out of bounds. I've seen it all. A lot of stupidity. And when that ball... Went five yards, and then one mile per hour was spinning like a top, trying to get to 10 yards. All the Falcons were waiting for it to go 10 yards, too. They were poised. They were hovering around it like the Cowboys, and they thought, okay, when it goes 10, now it's up for grabs. No, you stupid jackass. That's just for them. They can't touch it. You can touch it the second it comes off the tee. And it's just they deserve to lose. And if you're a Falcons fan, I'll bet you agree with me. If you're that dumb, how long have you played football? You see the other team going, we can't touch it, we can't touch it, we can't touch it, and you fall for it. Well, neither can we. It only took one guy to run up, and as I said, You could kick it. (laughs) You could kick it. Now, you'd get a penalty for kicking it, and it would offset, and they would do it again. But anything to avoid letting the Cowboys get the ball, whatever it takes, you could have slid like Ricky Henderson into it. It's unfathomable to me that guys stood around and watched. And, And what do you do if you're Matt Ryan? Four touchdown passes, and as I said, no turnovers, so no picks. Now, Zach Prescott, if you have him in a fantasy league that's all about yards, you're happy because he threw for a ridiculous 450 yards and only one touchdown, no pick. But the Falcons punched the Cowboys in the face in that first quarter. It was 20 to nothing after 1 and you'd say well the Cowboys at least got 10 points in the second quarter well the Falcons got 9 it was 29 to 10 and then the Cowboys scored 30 in the second half the Cowboys got 10 and they lost 40 to 39 and if you look at CeeDee Lamb who we all loved in the draft he got that 24 yard catch in field goal position, they ran down the clock. They put in Greg the Legs Zer- Zerline, and it touched off that celebration with a forty-six yard field goal as time expired. And <laughs> if you think about, uh, you know, in his final two games in that Dallas Palace with the Packers, Mike McCarthy watched Aaron Rodgers beat the Cowboys twice in the final seconds, including that divisional playoff game when Prescott was uh, still a rookie then. McCarthy said, I had one on the other sideline, but not like this. We dug ourselves such a big hole in the first quarter. We're early in the process of our football team finding out about each other and every day. Well, the Falcons now, this is their first 0-2 start under Dan Quinn, who's been there for six seasons, and 28-3 28-3 will always haunt. It, it haunts me. Well, I shouldn't say haunt. It bugs me. I don't like the Patriots. I have no feelings about the Falcons one way or the other. Why would I? not a Niner fan. They just they used to be in the West. But I don't hate them. I don't love them. They're just a team to me. But just to see any team blow a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl uh, is sickening. <laughs> it is. But in the past nine seasons... Atlanta now has two of the three instances of which a team lost by leading 15 points with less than eight minutes to go in a game. And remember, Quinn barely hung on to his job, if you believe press reports, last two years. Arthur Blank, very loyal to him, he said, it's tough to put a loss like that in place. I told the team... There has to be a lesson in the pain of that loss. We'll work into that as we put into preparation for next week, but it's definitely one that stings. This is the thing about gambles I was talking about. McCarthy had not one but two fake punts. Not one but two fake punts. And here's the thing about Prescott throwing for 450 yards. Both of his starting tackles were hurt. It's pretty amazing if you think about it. And as I said, he only threw for one, but um, he ran for two. Uh, He's just a very, very good, exciting player. Um, I was wondering, if you put Prescott on the Seahawks, would he be Russell Wilson? No, uh, Russell Wilson's better, but I think he'd be close. And of course, once again, confusion with the anthem, Don Terry Poe, kneeled nobody else did but then several players didn't know they were even going to play the star spangled banner because one guy started to kneel and then he ran back inside another guy ran out and then he ran back inside and um Donovan Wilson the safety and the linebacker Justin March they put a hand on each shoulder of Poe when they saw him kneel it's just look i love america i'm proud to be american and as much as I think, I used to think I could live overseas, like I could live in Germany very easily, or France, or England, I couldn't. I would miss baseball too much. <laughs> it's what it is. But there's, there's no place like home, Dorothy. And I love it. But the, the national anthem thing, it's just, we, we've outgrown it. It's become too much of a political, wait for it, football. It just has, and you know when some when there's forced patriotism, it's like forced anything, like forced love. You must love me, okay. You must respect me, okay. You must be a patriot, okay. You can't force people to do stuff. So, I think they should just save it for the Super Bowl or not at all. I do like it. For the World Cup, because you are representing your nation as the Olympics as well, you're representing your country, and I think it's very fitting at that point. We're gonna we won the gold. We're gonna play our little song here, and all y'all have to listen to it because to the victor goes the spoils of our song. And most national anthems sound really stupid, quite honestly, um, but some of them are very cool. I actually like national anthems at the World Cup where they line up and they sing, and it just some of the stupidest songs I've ever heard in my life and some of the coolest songs, too. Mostly stupid, though, I have to admit. Um, Because they were written in 1910 and they are totally out of tune. But anyway, the gist of the matter is 440-0 for the Falcons uh, and they ruined that streak. And the Cowboys uh, saved their season. (laughs) And the Falcons at 0-2. Have a big uh, mountain to climb. All right, we'll take a quick break. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports pilot.
12: Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now.
8: Matthew.
14: Huh? Oh,
12: sorry.
8: It's okay. I just need you to listen to me.
14: I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you and what you say really does matter to me.
15: I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the
14: years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No, thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and
9: always being my biggest fan.
15: Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations.
16: Thank you for talking.
9: For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
17: Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration.
1: Tadel is going to go to the air. He's back to pass. He throws deep to the end zone. Batted up in the air. Intercepted by Dan Connors. It was a deflection hit into the air by Willie Brown. And Connors came down with a pass. And the Raiders stopped the Chargers without six, without even three on that
7: drive.
10: about anything else when you've got Rick Tittle on the radio.
3: Ah, oh, bless your heart. We still have another couple hours to go. Some very, very interesting uh, guests. The lead singer of Striper who also sang with uh, Boston after Bradley killed himself. Also, uh, Brad Delp, director of a documentary called Stunt Women, The Untold Hollywood Story. Well, guess what? It's no longer untold he's going to tell it. Um, the Gareth Bale to Tottenham Hotspur rumor became officially true over the weekend, which is uh, good news for me, even though he can't play for like another three weeks. Uh, also, um, uh, Reguilon, Sergio Reguilon came as well. He got This tells you how good Real Madrid is. I mean, they loan out Reguilon to Sevilla. He's defender of the year, and Zidane's like, yeah, I already got two left backs, so what do you want? Um, the bail thing might mean Deli Alley moves on, which makes me sad, but him and Mourinho just aren't on the same page and Deli seems to be walking around a lot, but the game yesterday, 4am on the Peacock, which I hate because it's only on the mobile phone. And then I found out I could run it through my PS4. So I did do the replay on the PS4 of the Peacock and Tottenham were down one nothing and looked pedestrian and ended up winning 5-2. There's nothing more exciting than soccer. It's just nothing else comes close, if you care. If you don't care, every sport's boring, really. But there's nothing more exciting for me. How about you, Rick? You're weird. We'll take a quick news break. Come on back on Byline.
0: USA Radio News with Chris Barnes.
18: President Trump making it clear again this morning he wants to quickly fill the Supreme Court seat left vacant by Friday's passing of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, saying the announcement of his nominee is probably just days away. I think it'll be on Friday or Saturday. Trump telling Fox and Friends he'd be able to announce a nominee sooner, but wants to respect the late Justice.
19: We will have probably services... On Thursday or Friday, as I understand it, I think, you know, due respect, we should wait till the services are open.
18: Stocks beginning the week with a major sell-off. The Dow Jones Industrial Average has been more than 850 points lower during early trading. Texas is preparing for tropical storm conditions from beta. The storm picking up speed as it heads towards the central Texas coast. It's expected to make landfall later today. This is USA Radio News.
16: Balance of Nature changing the world, one life at a time.
20: I've always taken care of myself. I always cook my own food. I just was losing steam, which is very unusual for me. And I said, you know what, a lot of our foods, they don't have the nutrients they did 100 years ago. So I took a chance with Balance of Nature, and I see a difference. Before I took Balance of Nature, by Mm -hmm. one o'clock in the afternoon, I found myself napping. Well, that's not happening anymore. I finally found something that's the real deal. And I'm just very happy with Balance of Nature.
16: Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751. Or go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code USA.
5: Over
18: 100,000 acres have now burned from the Bobcat Fire in the mountains northeast of Los Angeles. At the L.A. County Fire Department, Sky Cornell says some terrain is very treacherous and firefighters are being held back from certain areas.
21: You've got terrain that is
18: this steep and so difficult to get to, nearly impossible
21: in some areas just because it's just too dangerous to have our firefighters go across that steep of a terrain.
18: A white business owner charged with manslaughter for fatally shooting a black man during a May 30th protest in Omaha has died by suicide days after his indictment. Lawyers for Jacob Gardner are saying his body was found Sunday outside a medical clinic in Hillsboro, Oregon. The U.S. Department of Justice now classifying three cities as jurisdictions of violence and property destruction, saying in a statement today, the local leadership in New York City, Portland, Oregon, and Seattle have been permitting persistent violence and destruction of property. This is USA Radio News.
15: At the American Veterinary Medical Association annual convention in Washington, D.C., I spoke with Dr. John Howe, AVMA president, about One Health.
22: One Health is really a collaboration between physicians and veterinarians or public health officials. For example, in Minnesota, our state public health veterinarian deals with zoonotic diseases, rabies, for example. Animals are sentinels for humans, and humans are sentinels for
18: some infections in
15: animals. There's more valuable information at avma.org.
18: A federal judge ruling this morning that the U.S. Postal Service must live up to its responsibilities to timely process election mail by treating it as a priority. He adds in his ruling the agency's workers should be permitted to make extra deliveries and to work overtime closer to the November presidential election. That written decision by U.S. District Judge Victor Marrero coming in after several individuals, including candidates for public office, sued, saying President Trump, the Postal Service, and its new postmaster general were endangering election mail. The judge giving both sides until noon Friday to settle the case in a manner consistent with his findings and if they fail, Marrero says he'll impose an order that ensures postal workers can make late and extra trips as well as work overtime in late October and early November. Ellen DeGeneres says she'll be talking about the controversy swirling around her show when the Ellen DeGeneres show begins its 18th season. Over the past few months, former staffers have complained about alleged racism, sexual harassment, and a toxic workplace. DeGeneres expressing regret about the accusations in a letter to the staff back in July, but she said over the weekend she can't wait to get back to work, and she said, yes, we're going to talk about it. You can find us online anytime or at usaradio.com. And for USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes.
3: Thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. 1-800-878-PLAY is the way you participate in the show. By the way, Michael Sweet will join us right after this uh, quick break. Lead singer of Striper. When I was fishing, I was trying to get a striper with an I. He used Striper with a Y. Uh got out to the San Pablo Dam the other day. A place where I've been fishing my whole life. And uh, the cool thing about going to the dam is I get to say, damn, <laughs> well, damn. And also, uh, you rent these, uh, cost a few bucks, but you can rent these pontoon boats, these party boats. And uh, they got a roof and you drive them like a car and they got leather seats and you just kind of kick it. You know and I'm saying, girl, kick it. And you go around the dam no boats. COVID-19. Just fishing on the shore, looking for that striper. Also, uh, at 10.40, <clears throat> want to make sure I get the director's name right. And that is Wright, April Wright. is the director of Stunt Women, The Untold Story, and April is here. Uh, and uh, that's going to be available on the 22nd of this month. Video on demand. I demand it thought it was funny when a restaurant they say what's your order and order now just sounds so normal it's like oh yeah my i put my order in order military i order you to make this for me <laughs> what is your order fun with semantics is my podcast you can check it out on itunes and spotify sponsored by miriam webster make sure to get on there uh tune in app iHeartRadio app stitcher app gets this show, sportsbyline.com streaming through. Click Listen Live. Um, somebody asked me about Sirius Channel 211 in Progress, Dan Patrick channel that I have in my Twitter bio. That's for the video game review on Sunday nights, uh, which I did last night. So You can catch me there as well. Not this show. I know it's confusing. I thought you were on 95 cent. So not anymore. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back.
1: That's 800-880-7167. Paid for by Airtime Media.
0: Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online.
1: That's 855-325-1780.
21: For muscle pain, body aches to strains, Blue Emu Maximum Arthritis. It works fast and you won't stink. Its unique formula with Emu Oil penetrates deep to relieve arthritis pain, sore muscles, joints, and more. Blue Emu Maximum Arthritis. It works fast and you won't stink. Find Blue Emu at Walmart. CVS, Walgreens, and other chains. Or visit blue-emu.com. Blue Emu Maximum Arthritis. It works fast and you won't stink.
3: Thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the globe on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show the frontman of the rock band Striper, Michael Sweet, and that is because they have just released their 13th studio album entitled Even the Devil Believes from Frontier's Music. It's got 11 tracks. Michael, welcome to the show. You know, we always try to, you know, pigeonhole bands and say they're a blues band, they're a hair band, they're a Christian band. Striper, you guys are just a rock and roll band, right?
19: Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of labels. Everybody knows that by now. I've offended a number of fans uh, by saying that. I, I don't like being called a Christian rock band. Uh, we're a rock band who who is comprised of Christian guys, you know, Um, as is any other rock band out there. You know, you got satanic rock bands that are comprised of Catholics. And I mean, you know, (laughs) I I just feel like the labels do pigeonhole us and limit us from, you know, doing what we're here to do.
3: And I think that also, it's kind of like a movie now doesn't want to be PG because they'll think that's the kiss of death. And then you hear... Christian rock, and you'd be like, oh, these guys can't rock if they're Christian rock. I mean, it's almost like people give up on you before they give you a chance. So I can see why those labels are very disturbing sometimes.
19: Yeah, absolutely. And I've just never been a fan of those labels. And I wasn't a fan back in 84, 85, when I started reading articles and. Doing interviews and you'd you'd see the headline that would say Christian rock band, you know, and I just I never really liked it. That's why we signed with the mainstream label. That's why we played arenas, headlining with opener, mainstream openers, White Lion, TNT, Loudness. I mean, we 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 didn't follow the norm. We didn't follow the rules or play by the rules like all other quote unquote Christian rock bands. We, we're a rock band, and if you come see us play, you'll get it. You know, um, it's it's just like going to a rock show and we just bring a little church into it uh, because we do throw out Bibles and we do sing about God. But it's not like going to a typical Christian festival or rock show.
3: Yeah, I mean, your ears are going to be hurting. You guys are going to be riffing and you're going to be pounding out. Some good music. And it's not like you're up there just reciting psalms. These are well-crafted rock songs, obviously, 35 years in, right?
19: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I've gone to Christian shows, and that's exactly what they do. They, You know, mid-set, they'll come out and pull up a stool and break out a Bible and start preaching, and, and that's fine. I, I don't have a problem with that. It's just that's not what Striper does. We, do it, we let the, the lyrics and the music do the talking. And we just go up there and, and put on a rock show, and uh, it's the way it's always been. Uh, and I think people, unfortunately, misinterpret that and who we are.
3: Got more questions from Michael Sweet. They have the, uh, Striper has their new album out right now called Even the Devil Believes. When you uh, helped out with Boston for many years after um, what happened with Bradley this band for me, that first album came out when I was in the seventh grade. And still today, when I run on my ear pad, I'm listening to Smokin' and Rock and Roll Band. It's just an album that stuck with me. And I've got to see Boston. Finally, years later, I had Shoals on my show, which was great. But what was that like being in such an iconic band with such a loyal following like Boston?
19: Oh, it was so amazing. I mean, I used to uh, describe it as pinch me moment every night. Every night, I'd step on stage. It was like I was dreaming, and it didn't. It was surreal. It didn't feel real, uh, in a good way, in a great way. And you know, it was it was interesting for me because I was going through the darkest time of my life. My wife was battling stage four ovarian cancer. Tom was going through the darkest point of his life, losing Brad the way that he did. And I felt like we were brought together to help each other heal and, um, and help the fans heal. So that was my purpose there. And, and I feel like that was accomplished, you know, and uh, some incredible things happened and came out of that and came from that. Uh, and then I, in 2011, I just felt like it was time for me to move on. And I officially publicly left Boston I, I got some uh, raised eyebrows on that. People saying, "What are you crazy? You left Boston?" And uh, you know, I, I just feel and and still do to this day that Striper is the priority and my baby, and you know that's where my roots lie.
3: Well, you like every other band and everything else. You have a tour; it's canceled. Uh, you guys got to work in the studio, and and you kept on grinding, right?
19: We did. We were very fortunate because we got in before COVID. I started writing this album in December, and we started recording in January. And then as we were recording, we started hearing more about it. And by the time we went to Mexico in February, we got back. It was a full-blown pandemic. And I just went in. I went into lockdown mode anyway, which is what I normally do. I started singing here at my house. I have a little studio here. So lockdown mode, to me, didn't feel any different. And it, it always does. I literally don't go outside. I don't go anywhere for a couple of weeks while I'm singing. Uh, and then once, you know, I turned the album in, then I started feeling the effects of the pandemic and taking more notice. And But still, it was just work as usual for me. I had another project I worked on. The guys came out here. We self-quarantined for a couple of weeks and went in the studio, and we made a couple of live uh Albums in their entirety, the new one "Intel with the Devil" that we're going to release on demand for rent and for purchase. So you know we've been busy, been keeping really busy, and just nothing's changed for us.
3: Anyway. I, I know you got to run; just one more minute left. This album, when people listen to it, do they, are they going to say, "Yeah, that's a Striper album," or have you kind of evolved a little bit musically?
19: I mean, we've evolved musically in the sense that we've somehow. Figure out a way to merge the past with the present, so our albums sound like this, the classic striper you expect to hear, but with some modern twists thrown in in the production and the tones and the effects and whatnot. So when people hear them, they're a little puzzled because they they wonder how did you do this? Because a lot of bands from the '80s haven't figured that out, and I don't even know how we figured it out. We we have a great engineer, great studio. We listen to modern music, uh, not just the old stuff, and we've really worked it out. But when you hear it, it's a Striper album, 100%. We haven't tried to evolve so much that we alienate our fan base uh, and who we are, because that's death for a band.
3: Uh, (laughs) No
19: doubt. Go to Striper.com. It's important we keep that sound.
3: Yes, Striber.com that's Striper with a Y, of course, and we've been speaking with Michael Sweet. The new album is out right now, 11 tracks, Even the Devil Believes, from Frontiers Music. Hey, uh, Michael, thanks for coming on the show. Congratulations on the project, and uh, let's catch up uh, in the future.
19: Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you. Uh,
3: all right, very good. Uh, Michael Sweet, everyone. And um, with his brother, another Sweet on uh, drums. You might say, oh, that's such a... Hollywood Nom de Plume. That's his real name. I remember when I was in uh, high school, uh, there was uh, some party at a church, and they're like, oh, they're going to bring a rock band. And the guy came out, and he goes, we're a Christian rock band, but we can really rock, so give us a chance. And we're like, okay. I'll never forget. But the guy goes, all right, give us a chance. Our first song... It's called The Road to Damascus. And right when he said that, my friend said real loud, Oh, I give up. (laughs) Which was so lame. Uh, But the guy said, give us a chance the first song. (laughs) I give up. Oh, it was funny to me at the time. Well, that's because they weren't Striper. Striper had two top tens on MTV at the same time. They've been on the Billboard charts four times. They are a real... And good rock band. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. Let's talk some sports on the other side.
22: This is a potter's field when people can't pay for their funerals. They are buried here It is a lonely desolate place littered with unmarked headstones No one visits no one leaves flowers, but it doesn't have to be that way For as low as one dollar a day you can ensure your family will have the money to pay your funeral expenses We offer burial insurance plans that pay up to thirty thousand dollars
1: Again, that's eight hundred five one six twenty four ninety nine. 516 2499 Paid for by Final Expense Direct.
9: Now you see that evil will always triumph because good is dumb.
10: Always goes commando.
3: I do go commando. What do you want from me, man? <laughs> what
8: do you want from
3: me? 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. Get in and get heard. We are here for you. My name is Rick Tittle. <clears throat> and my this segment is called Road to Damascus. Actually, coming up in the next segment, we'll have a, a filmmaker. And uh, that filmmaker is uh, going to be talking about stunt women. What do you think of that? (laughs) yeah. The NHL says that they're uh, going to be celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. They announced that on September 21st. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Herschel Walker came out yesterday and said, if you support Black Lives Matter, then you support Marxism. And I was like, oh, wait, I got to see that. And he's like, yeah, the two people who started BLM said that they're Marxists. And I'm like, okay, I I don't know what's going on. Just please tell me what's going on, because I have no idea. one eight hundred eight seven eight play So, tonight, and uh, Christian asked me about this when he called in, and the lines are available at one eight hundred eight seven eight play About the Raiders and the Saints preview. Uh, The owner, Mark Davis, um, could have had a number of fans, less than 20,000, but he said he's not going to open it until everybody comes. He also said he's not going to go until everybody comes. I don't know about that. It was supposed to be a big celebration of a shiny new arena, like we saw in Los Angeles with the Rams or the Chargers the other day, but it will be a national TV audience. And a high profile matchup between Drew Brees and can I put him in the same sentence, Derek Carr, who said it still is a it's still as a football fan a cool feeling to be able to play on Monday night. We wish our city here, in Las Vegas, we wish they could experience it with us. I'm sure they'll be around somewhere. I'm sure there's a certain street or strip they'll be on and our fans will be at. Hmm. Social distancing. The Raiders have been waiting for this for a long time because in the history of the Oakland Raiders, they have always shared the field they were on. Whether it was Frank Ewell Field to the Oakland Coliseum to the Los Angeles Coliseum, they've never had a building that is their own. And they spent the... It's funny, um, this article on CBS said they spent the last 25 seasons playing in the run-down Oakland Coliseum. It's, it's a catchphrase. Uh, be, what's, your, what's your definition of rundown? Well, is it new? No. Is it shiny? No. Is it aesthetically beautiful? Probably not. But there's nothing wrong with it. I've been in some rundown stadia. That very last uh, soccer game I went to a Candlestick, which was USA versus Azerbaijan. <laughs> but they tore down Candlestick, I think it was like six weeks after that game, and every single thing about Candlestick was rusty because they stopped taking care of it. It wasn't because it was a useless stadium. They just stopped. And so the bathroom doors, the, they wouldn't shut. If there was a door, most of them had fallen off. The parking lot had weeds. and That's run down. Um Coliseum, when I think about run down, all I could think of is maybe in the press box when you get off the elevator there's some tape where the carpet ripped. You know? And I used to think, can't they get some new carpet in here? So yeah, it's not but I mean I it's just it's just an easy catchphrase to say run down. I mean Peter Gammon said in twenty in two thousand nine They can't win until they can get out of that building. And by the way, in the last nine years, the A's have gone to the playoffs six times. Only the Dodgers have gone more with eight. Now, not much to brag about when the A's have not gotten through the first round uh, in any of those times. (laughs) But still... Somebody actually emailed me and said, uh, if they don't get through the first round this time, Rick, don't you think it's time for Melvin to go? And I'm like, look, the only beef I have with Melvin in these playoffs is when he pinch hit Nick Punto instead of Adam Dunn in Kansas City. Other than that, he's playing the guys Billy gave him. And it was not Melvin's decision to start with the outright Liam Hendricks in the wildcard game two years ago. <clears throat> Uh, I did the, um, well, Townie, Chris Townsend, did the immediate post game on that show, and he thought that, that that was it, that he would never work another A's game again, and he was teary-eyed um, because we knew they were leaving our station. But luckily for him, he got a great job. He works full-time for the A's now. But at the time, he and I thought that was it. We were never going to broadcast uh, a show again, and for me, it was correct. But I remember doing that post-game show, and I just eviscerated Billy Bean for starting Liam Hendricks. And, and it wouldn't have mattered because the A's got scared. And I said that, you know, whenever the A's go play the Yankees in the playoffs, their tail gets between their legs and they get scared. And they did, and they lost. But let's get back to the Ravens Playing the Saints and the old friends, Sean Payton and John Gruden, and um, Gruden was the Eagles offensive coordinator under Ray Rhodes when Peyton was the quarterback coach. That's in '97. They know each other very well. And Peyton said my office was basically a little corner couch in his office, and I had just a cell phone, but it was a chance to learn, really. And um, of course, they were both coach AFC or NFC South rivals. Payton got his first and only head coaching job 14 years ago in New Orleans and <clears throat> in that time they met six times against Gruden's Bucks and they split three and three I always like to tell the story because it's true that Sean Payton when he interviewed for the Raiders job he came out and told the press I got it and Al didn't like it because Al wanted to announce it and so Al rescinded the offer and then Al passed on Aaron Rodgers in the draft and I always like to say that uh, if um, what if we had, had Sean Payton and Aaron Rodgers? I think the history of the Raiders would be a little bit different. And we wouldn't be looking back at Ken Stabler and Jim Plunkett. We'd probably be looking at something a little more recent. <laughs> but I thought the Raiders in their first game, the offensive line looked really good. <clears throat> and this was after losing... Brent Brown, after one series, and some guy named Sam Young came in. Uh, you say you love me. Oh, wait, that's different, Sam. Denzel Good had to come in. I mean, it was... He uh, didn't get much pressure on him. Or I should say the Panthers didn't supply any. But the Saints, they come in tonight with a front seven that has been one of the best against the run in the past few years. Think about this. The Saints have now not allowed a 100-yard rusher in 44 straight games. 44. That's unheard of. And you know who else is unheard of? The last guy to run for 100 yards against them. Samaji Perrine. Ooh, Valerie Perrine? Montana Wild Hack? Remember her? Clockwork Orange. Billy Pilgrim is unstuck in time. Kurt Vonnegut. What? The Raiders are going to run, and we'll see who bends not breaks uh, with this type of thing. Josh Jacobs ran for 93 yards and caught three—or sorry, ran for three touchdowns, and he caught four for 46 yards. But uh, the Saints, think about this: the Raiders are oh, the first team to play in Vegas. The Saints are the first road team in Vegas. And you think, oh, when those teams come in, they're going to be gambling, going to strip clubs, blah, 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 blah. Sean Payton said, I don't have to make any rules. The league has done it, fortunately, for us. We're going to be in a hard bubble. We'll be in a secure area, period. And so it's not like you can just stroll down the lobby and roll dice for an hour. Aha. (laughs) And listen, I think there is something to that when they say, oh, my gosh, those guys are going to go wild. Oh, if there was no pandemic, they, they, some of them would. It'd be too much to resist. Because where do these guys go in the off season? You know, where do uh, the Warriors, when they won the uh, NBA championship, the whole team flew to Vegas to stay up all night and party. And then they had to come back for the parade it's like the bay area <laughs> the bay area which has you know 100 nightclubs there's no possibility of doing it here it's just the lure of vegas like i said fifa we have to have our draw unless any excuse to get to vegas this is why only steven ross of the dolphins said nah, let's keep him in oakland everybody else said yes to it. all right well the las vegas raiders play tonight we'll take a quick break we'll come on back we'll bring in a woman who's made a documentary about stunt women on Sports Bio.
1: That's eight hundred four zero three fifty nine twelve.
15: Mother's Day is this Sunday, and ProFlowers is offering an amazing special. 100 stunning blooms for mom, plus a free glass vase for $19.99, plus shipping and handling. Go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone, and enter the secret code 3000. But hurry, this incredible deal expires this Friday. With fresh flowers, guaranteed delivery, and unique vases and accessories that mom will love, ProFlowers has everything you need to get your Mother's Day shopping done for all the moms you know. Order now from ProFlowers to get huge savings. Just Pick a delivery date and it's guaranteed or your money back. 100 colorful blooms sent fresh from the fields and guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least 7 days starting at 19.99 and will include a free glass vase. Order now because Mother's Day is this Sunday and this incredible special expires this Friday. The only way to get this amazing deal is to go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone in the upper right corner and enter the secret code 3000. That's proflowers.com secret code 3000.
5: It doesn't really matter. I uh I don't like my job and uh I don't think I'm going to go anymore. <laughs>
10: Rick Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Uh, Coming up tomorrow, Shout Studios is uh, unleashing a highly anticipated documentary feature called Stunt Women, The Untold Hollywood Story. And it's now going to be told, and that's because uh, it's been directed by our guest, April Wright. April, welcome to the show. What was the uh, the thought process between uh, putting this whole thing together? When did you get the idea? Hello? Oh, sorry you about that. It. Here we are. Oh. <laughs> thanks Hello, for having April. me
23: on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. It was based on a book uh, written by a woman named Molly Gregory, and the book had the same name, Sent Women, The Untold Hollywood Story. And so she had done a lot of the preliminary research, which was a great jumping-off point. And the um, producers uh, that optioned the book uh, hired me to direct it, and so I had the fun job of uh, taking it from written format and making it come alive. So it was it was super fun. I got to shoot drift car racing sequences and high falls and set someone on fire. It was really cool.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What was maybe one of the things that you found out while you were doing it that just really surprised you and from, I'm sure, myriad things that surprised you?
23: Well, two things I always say. One is, you know, you know they're doing stunts, but they're not daredevils. They really are precision athletes. They train all the time, they take care of their bodies, they practice, rehearse, they design the sense, and they have that ability and agility to know, you know, where to land and to land in a superhero pose, and if they're driving a car, they know how to, you know, skid and spin and hit their marks and avoid, you know, it's just, it truly is uh, a a challenging profession and uh, being performed by athletes who are really at the top of their game.
3: You know, yep, I think a lot right. of us, at least yeah, from my generation, ahead. we saw the movie Hooper with Burt Reynolds and Robert Klein, Jan Michael Vincent about stuntmen behind the scenes and about the technical thing that goes into their gags, so to speak. Um, how much has it evolved from the the days of Hooper back in 1978 <laughs> to what to what we have now?
23: That that's a great movie, and it it. Every stunt person watches and loves that movie, and they still call them gags today. And um, a couple of the stunt women in my film said that they wanted to get into stunts because they saw Hooper. (laughs)
5: Um,
23: (laughs) And there's also a car flip in there um, that was the first car flip done by a woman named Janet Brady. It's a white car she flips over. I think she's in like a clown costume, so if you watch the film again... Um, There is a stunt woman doing a car flip in there. But, yeah, you know, it's the same. Um, I think the stunts have become, in some ways, more complicated now. And a lot of times now they're live, but a lot of times stunt people will perform a stunt first, um, and then it'll go to the CG departments to be embellished with, you know, different costumes and backgrounds and stuff like that. So there's more technology involved in some of them. Uh, There's also... Hopefully better safety in most cases, but um, it just depends on the stunt. You know, pads are pads. I guess there's more you know, thinner pads now, but uh, <laughs> it's a lot the same, I guess, is what I'm trying
8: to say.
3: <laughs> and I, I also think that movie fans were a little bit more demanding than we used to be, and I, I think back to one of my favorite movies as a kid, Omega Man, with Charlton Heston, and there's one scene where he's doing this tight turn on a, on a dirt bike and it's a pretty close shot and you can see it's a much younger, skinnier guy and he's wearing this like long haired gray wig, which (laughs) wasn't even, it wasn't even what Charlton Heston had. It's like they threw it together that morning and didn't spend 10 cents on. We, they don't, we don't put up with that anymore, do we? Well, you
23: know what? Um, if, were alive today doing a stunt like that, he probably would have a younger guy in a wig doing it. The only <laughs> difference is they can cover it up with C G net better now.
8: <laughs> but that,
23: that would probably be a lot the same. We just had the technology to erase wires and put different faces on people now. So but but the stunt performer would probably be a lot the same. <laughs>
3: No, that's pretty interesting. We're speaking with April Wright, the director of Stunt Women, the Untold Hollywood Story. It's coming out tomorrow, video on demand. I think about how some of these stuntmen are almost viewed like fodder and they don't matter and who cares if they get hurt. So now I think about women who want to do it and then they have to deal with the sexism that comes with that. So how hard was it? How how much harder is it for the stunt women to get into this type of thing?
23: Well, I think that's what we tried to show in the film. We had younger stunt women who are earlier in their careers meet some of the living legends, we call them, that really started breaking in and paving the way in the 1960s and 70s. So we had uh, one woman who had doubled Doris Day and then was a, one of the first female stunt coordinators on Charlie's Angels TV show, used to double Farrah and all the girls on that. Uh, we have uh, the woman who doubled Pam Greer and all of the, you know, Coffee and uh, Foxy and all Foxy Brown and all those great films. And we have the original; um, she doubled Linda Carter, Wonder Woman. And yes, they had to really uh, push to do those things because, especially back in those days, a lot more men were putting on wigs to double women. And so um, it has been a struggle, and, and the wigs still come out sometimes today. So uh, it, it, the other thing, though, that we show in the film is we show that women were doing a 100 years ago in the early days of cinema, that they were jumping from moving motorcycles onto moving trains and, you know, grabbing ladders to get up on a, on a biplane. Today it would be a chopper and they were doing it 100 years ago, and we wanted to show that background in the film because today sometimes people ask, can women do these stunts? And we wanted to show that they actually were doing them 100 years ago, so why can't they do them today? But but it is a struggle.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think about those days, those Buster Keaton days where there were some horrible injuries and things, but you mentioned CGI. How much has the way we made movies and computers Taking away the need for stunt men or women in certain points.
23: Yeah, we, we covered that in the film, and you know, it, it didn't make it that much into the final edition, but this is where everybody landed. At first, they thought uh, stunt people would be replaced, and you know, there's also thoughts of will we need actors? But what, um, what people realized over time, if you're watching a movie, and I think one that I remember is iRobot with Will Smith, where there's a fight with him against all the robots. And you can, when you can tell it's all CG and it's not a human, the audience knows that. And then they don't feel the jeopardy of the character. In the same way, humans can sense other humans. <laughs> and so what they're doing in most cases now, there's not so much pure CG now, but the stem performers will actually perform it first live. They, they'll be on wires and a green screen, but at least you get the performance and the feeling so that you know it's, it's you know a human doing it. And then um, they will add the CG on top of it. That's what's happening today. So it's not erasing stunt people. It's actually bringing them earlier in the process. So those might be some of the first things shot for a big blockbuster film is the, the, you know, base work for the stunts that they build on later in CG. So that was pretty cool. I didn't know that when I was making the film.
3: Yeah, and I would imagine too. It must have been pretty gratifying in the latest Tarantino film to see a stuntman being played by Brad <laughs> Pitt, because normally yeah. you think about the Brad Pitt being in their trailer while the hard stuff's going down, and here's a guy who <laughs> still looks good with his shirt off in his mid fifties.
5: Yeah,
23: I love I love that movie, and it was the stunt coordinator on that was a woman, was Zoe Bell, who also has a small uh, part in the film. And, um, you know, she's an incredible stunt woman who, you know, provides an example of what's possible. And yeah, everybody loves that, you know. And, and also, just, you know, we don't have a stunt Oscar yet. So the fact that a, an actor can win an Oscar for playing a stunt man, but actual stunt performers who, you know, design stunts and are so important to the craft of filmmaking aren't recognized yet is, is a big deal. They're fighting to try to get that changed.
3: One last question for you. I just imagine like in that community, the the badge of honor of being a successful working stuntman or stuntwoman, you know, like the generals get the credit, but the soldiers have to fight. And so, you know, as I said, this actor or actress is going to win an Oscar, but deep down, you know what you do. What is that like? That is it a tight knit community fraternity sorority between all these Mm -hmm. people?
23: Yes. Um, The stunt community is actually relatively small. They're a close family. They call each other brothers and sisters. And also, if they're doubling the same actor, which happens sometimes, um, they develop close relationships with the actor or the actress as well. And uh, some people don't want the spotlight. It was actually really difficult for me to get a lot of them on camera because they're used to hiding their faces. They don't want to talk on camera. But they do view it as building the same character. So if you're watching Black Widow and the Avengers, it's Scarlett Johansson, but it's also her stuntwoman. And they have to make it look seamless so that what we're seeing is just the character.
3: No doubt. We've been speaking with April Wright, director of Stunt Women: the untold Hollywood story. Out tomorrow on Apple TV, Amazon, Vudu, Google Play, Hoopla, Fandango Now, Comcast, Xfinity, Spectrum, Cox, Charter, anywhere else you want to look on social media, hashtag Stunt women Film. And this is from our friends over at Shout Studios. April, congratulations on the film. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be, uh, we'll get a lot of eyeballs on it during this pandemic as well. So thanks for your time and uh, let's catch up on your next one.
23: Okay, sounds good. Thanks very much.
3: All right, uh, good stuff. Uh, That uh, seems like a very nice person, April Wright. I'd watch the Stunt Women film. I'm excited about it. How about you? I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come on back on Byline.
14: especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for
15: talking and preparing me for what's ahead.
14: Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my
9: biggest fan.
15: Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations.
16: Thank you for talking.
9: For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
1: That's 877-360-0402.
9: You're so ugly you could be a modern art masterpiece. 33%
10: sure Rick Tittle is the father of my child, but I'm 100% sure Rick Tittle is a jackass.
3: That kind of hurts my feelings. Uh, Email bag, rick at sportsbyline.com. Email here from uh, JJ. Rick, the Raiders turned their back on Oakland, and I'm surprised that you will still support them, but I'm not mad at you. (laughs) Well, thank you, JJ, for not being mad at me. Look, I said this all year and I especially said it as the year was winding down and I stressed that I was on the Raiders' flagship station free and post and I told people then because the boycott had already begun in earnest last year. Let's just be quote-unquote Americans and respect our choice of religion, if you like. I am 100% in complete understanding of people who boycott and people who uh, have season tickets in Vegas. And you'd say, how can I think? Because I do. I see the, I see the people like JJ who said they stabbed us in the back. Screw you, especially twice. You got to be kidding me. Twice. We've been screwed by this Davis family. There's no way I'm giving you one nickel of my money or one more minute of my time. You can go to hell and you can go to hell in a handbasket. And then I completely understand people say, um, Tomorrow isn't promised to any of us. A meteor might hit the earth. I want to go to see my favorite football team. It's just a short flight. I can afford it even if I can't. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to every Raider game. So those are the two pendulum swings. I'm in the middle, they're my team. Once they start playing, it's just the Raiders playing, which I've seen my whole life. They started in 60. I was born in 65. And this is – I can't all of a sudden flip a switch and not be interested in the NFL draft, which is Christmas in April. How can I stop being interested in the NFL draft? I can't. I love it too much. But I'm not going to get my ass on a plane – go see my home team play in a different state there's no way in hell i'll ever do that i will go to that stadium if it's the world cup or the super bowl and i get a credential but i'm not interested in going to a home game so whatever you want to decide quit trying to inflict it on other people just be happy with your own decision that's what i would say anyway thanks for the email jj rick at SportsByline.com. we'll take a quick break come on back
0: USA Radio News with Chris Barnes.
18: President Trump making it clear again this morning he wants to quickly fill the Supreme Court seat left vacant by Friday's passing of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, saying the announcement of his nominee is probably just days away. I think it'll be on Friday or Saturday. Trump telling Fox and Friends he'd be able to announce a nominee sooner, but wants to respect the late justice.
19: We will have probably services... On Thursday or Friday, as I understand it, I think, you know, due respect, we should wait till the services are open.
18: Stocks beginning the week with a major sell-off. The Dow Jones Industrial Average has been more than 850 points lower during early trading. Texas is preparing for tropical storm conditions from beta. The storm picking up speed as it heads towards the central Texas coast. It's expected to make landfall later today. This is USA Radio News.
16: Balance of Nature changing the world, one life at a time.
20: I've always taken care of myself. I always cook my own food. I just was losing steam, which is very unusual for me. And I said, you know what, a lot of our foods, they don't have the nutrients they did 100 years ago. So I took a chance with Balance of Nature, and I see a difference. Before I took Balance of Nature, by Mm -hmm. one o'clock in the afternoon, I found myself napping. Well, that's not happening anymore. I finally found something that's the real deal. And I'm just very happy with Balance of Nature.
16: Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code USA.
5: Over
18: 100,000 acres have now burned from the Bobcat Fire in the mountains northeast of Los Angeles. At the L.A. County Fire Department, Sky Cornell says some terrain is very treacherous and firefighters are being held back from certain areas. You've got terrain that is this steep and so difficult to get to, nearly impossible
21: in some areas just because it's just too dangerous to have our firefighters go across that steep of a terrain.
18: A white business owner charged with manslaughter for fatally shooting a black man during a May 30th protest in Omaha has died by suicide days after his indictment. Lawyers for Jacob Gardner are saying his body was found Sunday outside a medical clinic in Hillsboro, Oregon. The U.S. Department of Justice now classifying three cities as jurisdictions of violence and property destruction, saying in a statement today, the local leadership in New York City, Portland, Oregon, and Seattle have been permitting persistent violence and destruction of property. This is USA Radio News.
15: At the American Veterinary Medical Association annual convention in Washington, D.C., I spoke with Dr. John Howe, AVMA president, about One Health.
22: One Health is really a collaboration between physicians and veterinarians or public health officials. For example, in Minnesota, our state public health veterinarian deals with zoonotic diseases, rabies, for example. Animals are sentinels for humans, and humans are sentinels for
18: some infections in
15: animals. There's more valuable information at avma.org.
18: A federal judge ruling this morning that the U.S. Postal Service must live up to its responsibilities to timely process election mail by treating it as a priority. He adds in his ruling the agency's workers should be permitted to make extra deliveries and to work overtime closer to the November presidential election. That written decision by U.S. District Judge Victor Marrero coming in after several individuals, including candidates for public office, sued, saying President Trump, the Postal Service, and its new postmaster general were endangering election mail. The judge giving both sides until noon Friday to settle the case in a manner consistent with his findings and if they fail, Marrero says he'll impose an order that ensures postal workers can make late and extra trips as well as work overtime in late October and early November. Ellen DeGeneres says she'll be talking about the controversy swirling around her show when the Ellen DeGeneres show begins its 18th season. Over the past few months, former staffers have complained about alleged racism, sexual harassment, and a toxic workplace. DeGeneres expressing regret about the accusations in a letter to the staff back in July, but she said over the weekend she can't wait to get back to work, and she said, yes, we're going to talk about it. You can find us online anytime or at usaradio.com. And for USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes.
17: plus broad spectrum, equal healthy, fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration.
2: Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh, my gosh, he's so
23: fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it.
2: Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle biznatch.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast-to-coast, border-to-border, and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. Hour three is now in our present, and this is uh, our hour, because there are no stupid (laughs) guests. I mean, all we had was the lead singer of a top 40 rock band, and an Olympic gold medalist, and a successful documentarian director. Now we get to the real stuff. Phil and San Leandro. Rick, you suck. Hmm. Or is this really Joe Montana? Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. We can do that as well. So 1-800-878-PLAY. You get in. Are
9: you saying we're dumb?
3: Somebody wrote me that. You think that the listeners are stupid by the way you imitate their voice. And I'm like, no, I don't think the listeners are stupid. Just you. I think you're stupid. All right. We need to take a look back at what went down in uh, Niffle, or as we say, the NFL. Um, And, you know, the injuries. Oh, my gosh. Saquon Barkley out for the season, ACL. Nick Bosa looks like he's out for the season, ACL. Christian McCaffrey out a month and a half. I mean, it was some carnage. The people who have said, good, no preseason. Well, we had preseason when these injuries have happened. This is the kind of thing I don't want to get into because there's no way in the hell of knowing. You know, for the people who say, look, if we had had a preseason, this never would have. No, you don't know that. We do know that some teams don't know the rules. (laughs) So that's why Drew Locke in Denver also... Went down, and they got this guy Driscoll in. Man, I'm telling you, it's a rough sport. And how about that field there in New Jersey with the flypaper field? Apparently, everybody was sticking to the turf. Stick to sports, Rick. All right, big shout-out to troops listening on AFN. i of you, and also uh, around the world on um, the Internet at sportsbyline.com. Tune in app by Heart Radio app, all that. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on, bud.
21: For muscle pain, body aches to strains, Blue Emu Maximum Arthritis. It works fast and you won't stink. Its unique formula with emu oil penetrates deep to relieve arthritis pain, sore muscles, joints, and more. Blue Emu Maximum Arthritis. It works fast and you won't stink. Find Blue Emu at Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, and other chains. Or visit blue-emu.com. Blue Emu Maximum Arthritis. It works fast and you won't stink.
1: Paid for by Airtime Media.
3: Listen up, sports bettors. This is Rick Tittle here to tell you about my favorite sports book, and that's BetUS. Football, basketball, and baseball are all back. And that means it's time to get down your bets. I only endorse one sports book, and that is BetUS.com. Why, you ask? Well, BetUS is the pioneer in online betting with more than 25 years in the biz. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity. And you need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, entertainment, and all kinds of crazy prop bets and futures. Call today at 1-800-MY-BET-US. That's 1-800-MY-BET-US. Or go to betus.com and fill out your information. It only takes a minute. And when you get to the how'd you hear about us box, type in Rick Tittle and you get up to 150% in bonuses on your first deposit. Nobody in the industry gives bigger bonuses than BetUS. 25 years in the biz. Best bonuses, BetUS.com or 800 my
21: At Shell, we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up, Good night. there's a lot of meetups, eatups, and hurryups. So come to Shell and get three things done at once. Fill up with Shell V Power Nitro Plus to help keep your engine running like new. Save up with the fuel rewards program and never pay full price for gas again and snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. And engines that continuously use Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. see full terms and conditions at fuelrewards.com.
7: Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever he's so wonderful titillating sports with rick tittle rick tittle is a he's so handsome he's a genius
3: thank you for that and welcome back to this show great to have you with us wherever you are listening all around the world and uh, the lines are available at 1-800-878-PLAY uh, you might have heard my little read there during the break about BetUS.com, and they were nice enough to uh, throw us some cash to fool around with. Um, and I have three futures bets that are in. One of them is that the Raiders win the Super Bowl, and I'll get about three grand on a fifty-dollar bet. Fingers crossed. One sixteenth of the way. I guess that's not true. But anyway, they are one to zero right now. But Dominic Jimenez, who is my producer slash fill-in host slash booker, engineer, all the hats that he wears, mostly Giants and Warriors hats, sometimes golf. But uh, Dominic also has been uh, playing uh, baseball games. He's been a little bit more frugal, if you like, with uh, smaller bets. At least that's what we talked about last time. Dominic joins us now from our studios in San Francisco. Dom, what's been going on with BetUS.com and you?
14: Yeah, it just makes me glad that uh, I'm not a professional handicapper. Uh, that it is not my profession because it is not going well, Rick. Uh, I did da- have dabbled in football since we've last spoke. Now that that has gotten started, that also has not gone well, especially this past weekend with all the injuries. A uh, lot of guys went down. A lot of important players went down. And uh, it has not been pretty. But I, I will say I do love that they're – I don't mean this as hyperbole, but there is something for everyone on BetUS. I was just taking a look at my sports book and my my landing page when I signed into my account. And the next thing that you can bet on, it said Moscow Liga, right? I'm not going to bet on it because I don't know what it is. So I clicked on it out of curiosity. It's table tennis. You can bet on Russian table tennis, Rick. <laughs>
3: I remember one time being on a train and... Germany with a German soldier and we were talking and and uh, he talked about table tennis and about how he wanted to be a professional player and I said oh I love ping pong and he got kind of serious and he said ping pong is what your grandmother plays I play table tennis it's serious business back there Dominic
14: okay well I guess that is why it's on bet us but uh no it's it's really cool I wish uh, I still wish I had La Liga to watch I'd, I'd probably throw some stuff over my team Real Madrid's way. Uh, I might just end up doing it anyway just because they're my team. But, uh, yeah, I, I know we've talked about it before, but it's, it really has helped uh, kind of keep in touch with me, at least, stay connected with baseball. Like, I had no idea you Darvish was having such a good year. For the last couple of years in terms of fantasy baseball, he's been a colossal stinker. Like, it's just a fact, and I don't mean to be mean or disparage Mr. Darvish, but he's in the running for the NL Cy Young, and honestly, I don't think I would have known that if I if I weren't checking matchups whenever I want to put some money down on baseball and seeing, oh, here's you Darvish, he's got a 1.8 ERA. Like, wait, 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 Yu Darvish has a 1.8 ERA? Sure, cool. I, he's pitching good. I didn't know that. So it, it's, it's helped me stay engaged throughout COVID, which is nice.
3: It is cool, too. Every once in a while, like a dork, I'll I'll just click on the last time I bet on betus.com, and whatever their cookies are, I, my password's already in there. I get on real quick, which is cool, because sometimes these things can be a pain. You've got to put all the information in again, so I'm just right back on it. I look to see my balance just for some reason, just in case they made a mistake and gave me $1,000 or something. Uh, it's still zero, but I did get a notification, like you probably did too, that I am now with their loyalty program. I am a blue member. So I am blue. What's your color?
14: Honestly, I have no idea because I haven't really looked. Uh but now <laughs> now once we're uh, done chatting here, I'm going to go give it a look cuz now I'm kind of uh, curious as to what it is. Uh got <clears> to <throat> keep I got to keep up with you, Rick.
3: All right. Pretty good little bet U.S. banter. I want to Now that I got you on the horn here for a couple more minutes, I wanted to ask you, first of all, uh, for people who don't know, Dominic is a uh, lifelong 49er fan. I think we all knew that they were going to win at New York, especially they were pretty angry over losing their opening game at home, and the Jets are terrible. And this game was basically over at halftime at 21-3. to But it was a Pyrrhic victory. It was a day of carnage. Um, Nick Bosa hurt. Uh, Garoppolo did an ankle Uh, McKinnon uh, maybe Solly Thomas did an ACL uh, as well Um, what are your thoughts after seeing the inverted 31-13 victory
14: tank for Trevor no I'm just kidding Um, (laughs) uh, yeah so it, it was probably the most boring blowout ever in, in part because I was kind of put into a bad mood thanks to the injuries. Uh, Mostert also went down with what may have been a knee injury, so that's really fun. Um, I'm not the biggest Jimmy Garoppolo fan. I will be the first to admit it. I was, I, I was harsh on him after week one. Everybody's like, oh, just give it time. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And, you know, the, the normal adage, and I'm, I, you've dealt it, you've talked about it yourself, people are like, oh, a car sucks. Your response is... Who's better? Who do you want to put in? I am not a Nick Mullins guy. Don't get me wrong. I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think he's the long-term solution at quarterback for the 49ers. However, we saw yesterday he's the best quarterback on the roster. Uh, He was making those short passes, the West Coast style passes. He was actually accurate yesterday through a couple really nice ones. And then it was the weirdest ankle sprain. It looked like he just got slapped in the back of the leg, and apparently that, that sprained his ankle. But it, Nick Mullins' first pass was an interception, so it, it, on, a, on a bad pass, so it kind of lends credence to yeah, maybe Jimmy, Gar- Jimmy Garoppolo clearly is the best quarterback on the roster. I don't know if they make the playoffs anymore. I, I genuinely don't. Uh, D. Four oh. didn't play with a neck injury; he's always hurt. Bose is out for the year. Solomon Thomas was a non-factor anyway, and now he's hurt. They're they're bringing in uh, Ziggy Ansa, the former defensive end for the Lions. Apparently they've called Clay Matthews, who I could have sworn said he wasn't going to play this year, but who knows? Uh, And now you don't have Garoppolo. You don't have your best running back in Mostert. I know you got Coleman and McKinnon, but Mostert is clearly their best guy. Sherman's dinged up. Debo's hurt. It's it's a mess. And the way that the rest of the NFC, NFC West has looked through two weeks, yeah, Niners aren't making the playoffs.
3: Wow. Did you see, by the way, that Mostert was clocked on his long run at 23.1 miles per hour, which is, like, the fastest in the last 10 years or something?
14: I believe it. He was a uh, a national champion sprinter in college, I think. I don't remember what school. It was some random school in the Midwest, but, uh, yeah, Uh, world literal track speed.
3: And last question for you, as a uh, Galacticos fan... um, Gareth Bale coming over to Tottenham. There's no doubt that he'll live in Real Madrid lore, scoring the winning goal in a Champions League final, now 31. He did not get along with Zizou for whatever reason. And then the kid, Reguilon, who I was talking about, who's um, now a Spanish international, but third string at (laughs) Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who did Real Madrid bring in?
14: I don't think that they've brought anybody in. That's that's the great thing. I know uh, Reggion was uh, expendable because they brought in Furlan Mendy um, at left back, but I don't believe that they signed anybody. Uh, I know I think they recalled Martin Odergard from loan, and I think huh. that may have been their their biggest move. It was I think he's maybe what like eighteen or nineteen now, bringing him back from loan? I think was their big move. They didn't bring, they didn't add anybody uh, up top, which I think they really need. Benzema's their only striker, for whatever reason. Uh, Zidane doesn't ever play Luka Jovic, who they brought in last year to be a complimentary striker to uh, to, to Benzema, Benzema, however you pronounce it. And uh, they didn't bring anybody in to replace Bale. I was kind of hoping for a little Deli Alley uh, swap. That didn't happen, so. I guess they're gonna keep rolling with their young guys, which I don't. That doesn't quite uh, instill a lot of confidence in me, just because obviously any young player is gonna be inconsistent. But it seems the Real Madrid guys that are young are extremely inconsistent. So I'm I would love for them to bring somebody in at this point, almost anybody. But it is not looking oh. good. They drew over the weekend, I think, with like Celta Vigo or something. Salta de Vigo. Yeah.
3: Well, the transfer window goes till October 5th, and then there's another domestic one, which goes for like an, another 11 days. It's always crazy at the beginning of the year. Dominic, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate oh, thank you. It. All right, and we'll go to a break, and the lines are available. Uh, it's all about your calls at this point. 1-800-878-PLAY. Come on back on Byline.
1: That's 855-325-1780. This is a
22: potter's field. When people can't pay for their funerals, they are buried here. It is a lonely, desolate place, littered with unmarked headstones. No one visits. No one leaves flowers. But it doesn't have to be that way. For as low as $1 a day, you can ensure your family will have the money to pay your funeral expenses.
1: 800-516-2499. 516 2499 Again, that's 800-516-2499. Paid for by Final Expense Direct.
11: Are you saying
2: that I put an abnormal brain into a seven-and-a-half-foot-long, 54-inch-wide gorilla?
1: Is that what you're telling me?! (laughs)
10: This is the only sports talk show that features a Rhodes Scholar. But he ain't here today. Now, back to Rick Tittle.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. There is a chance now that uh, my team, Tottenham, uh, well, well. now Tottenham will be formally announced the winners of their tie against Leighton Orient. Is this uh, something that's real? Apparently someone has tested uh, positive. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but apparently uh, Spurs are just going to get the win because they can't possibly play this game at another time, which is uh, very weird. But being that they have to go to North Macedonia on Thursday and play again on Sunday, I guess that's good news. Anyway, I hope everyone's all right. 1 800 878 play. Let's go to New York City with Charlie. What's up, my man?
24: Rick, how are you? I wanted to uh, talk about tonight's game briefly, but before that, I wanted to just, uh, uh, I watched a lot of the game last night. And now I'm wishing more and more the Raiders signed Cam Newton because he looked really good last night. He lo- I don't know if you watched the game, but he he looked he looked good. And uh, I think the Patriots going to be all right this year. Um, uh, so that th- that I watched some of the Charger game, and I, once the Chiefs tied it up, but Herbert looked pretty pretty <laughs> for never play you know never start never playing a game. His first professional start, uh, he looked pretty good too. So those those two uh, comments Um, regarding tonight's game, I'm not giving the Raiders much of a shot. I just think the Saints are just too complete. They got a really solid defense, and their offense, as we all know, is you know uh, pretty special. I don't think the Raiders are going to be able to get to two They haven't shown any consistency. I mean, it's only been one game, but I'm talking about going back to last year. They don't have any consistent pass rush, um, and their secondary is their secondary. So, I'm um, unless the Raiders can score 40 points, you know, up in that area. Um, uh, but the uh, I think I I know the Saints and the Raiders have obviously played many times over the years, but I think this is the first time there on Monday night since uh they i don't i'm sure you remember the game it was back in 19 i think 78 or 79 uh, this is the game that made me become a raiders fan uh, they they played mm-hmm. the saints it was late in the yep. season archie yep. Manning they were losing 28-14 31 20, uh, 35-21 and stabler uh hit two touchdown passes I think cliff branch when the last 5 minutes of the game and they went and they pulled it out 42-35 i think it prevented the saints from uh, clinching a playoff spot because I think I remember Archie walking off the field and almost in tears, and I watched the game with my with my father, and, and he and he just turned to me and he pointed to Stabler. He says, "That dude is one bad uh, mother." You know, you could fill in the rest, and that that that's the game that officially made me a Raiders fan. So I'm hoping some of that magic will wear come on tonight, but I'm I'm not feeling hopeful. Um, you think? Uh, what do you think needs to happen for the Raiders to pull out a, a miracle win tonight? Well,
3: I remember that game you mentioned very well. I want to yes. say the first touchdown pass was to Morris Bradshaw, if my memory okay. serves.
24: All right. Yeah. I, I remember yeah. Cliff French at least got the winner. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Uh...
3: But that comeback was amazing. And Stabler running down the sideline, looking as unathletic as you could possibly look. Yes. Yeah. He ran like thirty yards to get <laughs> Yeah. But uh, yes. yeah, I remember that game. I watched it at my cousin's house because there was some sort of it must have been I don't know if it was Thanksgiving or closer to Christmas, but I remember we were all gathered for some sort of holiday and it was that Monday night and It was that was one season. of the class and that was when the Raiders never lost on Monday night football. Never, yeah.
24: never lost. Because my father wanted me to watch that. He's not a he wasn't a Raider fan, he didn't have any fandom. But uh, he he said, "I want you to watch this game because you know the Raiders. I think they were nine. They finished that year nine and seven, if I'm not mistaken. But it was late in the season because I know I think the Saints were like seven and eight and seven or whatever. But he says, watch this guy play quarterback. And and you know and, the, and, the, and the, you know obviously they were down, down, down. They were I think it was like I said, 28-14 at halftime. At one point it was 35-21, and and he just you know, and then you just and I said, uh, That's that was the day that I became a Raider fan because I, you know, say
3: anyway. Is was your dad a New Yorker? I mean, was he a Giants oh, fan?
24: No, uh, he he yes, all yeah, he was born in Germany, but he he was raised as a brought over here as a young boy, and um, but no, he he just generally the New York teams I became. Uh, not that anyone cares about my backstory real quick, but I became a Raider fan that day, and in my prevescent uh mentally deficient mind, I just figured it'd be easier to root for all teams from the same city <laughs> so I, so I started rooting for the a's and the warriors and and that's how it's been for forty years.
3: That's pretty <laughs> so, amazing from one Monday night game I like that, stories that like game
24: that. That. that game altered my whole uh, i listen i'd be I'd be a jet fan now a, <laughs> or a giant fan. And we, we could see how they're. Doing. Oh, I, I would.
3: I would hope you would have picked the Giants because all the Jets do is break your heart. Lives.
24: Yes, I. I. I think I would have been a Giants fan. But uh, with regards to, regarding tonight's game, uh, do you do you see a punches shot for the Raiders? Yeah.
3: Punches? No, I do. I mean, the there's. I think there's there's some confidence in there. Uh, New Orleans isn't intimidated, and New Orleans likes. Playing in in buildings like this, it'll be the first time for everybody. Drew Brees said he was really excited to be the first, um, you know, team to to visit the the stadium. I just really hope that the Raiders can run the ball. But as I mentioned, they've gone 44 games in a row without allowing a 100-yard rusher. And I think um, last week um, our guy got 96, so we don't need 100 for him to win. But I hope that they can pound the ball a little bit.
24: Yeah, for me, it comes down to their defense. Uh, I, I, I agree with you everything about, uh, but I, I just, I just think they're off. I think Sean Payton is licking his chops when he sees the young secondary, and and, and you know their their front four has been. You know, I love Max Mad Max, but you know, anyway, that. Well, let's pray. We'll pray, Rick. Maybe we'll have another uh, uh, Monday Night Miracle, a la nineteen seventy nine. Anyway, there it is. I'll talk to you. Charlie, tomorrow.
3: thanks for the call, man. Yeah. All right, great memories there from that night. Um the Raiders were done in that game. And uh they just started bombing it down the field. Yeah, I remember Morris Bradshaw, number 80, got the first one. And I remember I always thought cuz I hated Terry Bradshaw so badly and I thought, okay, I got to give Morris Bradshaw a break. He's not related to him. <laughs> but when you're 14, it's like don't worry about it. Um, anyway, a little more information because soccer has been mostly Corona free, but that Carabao League Cup tie with Leighton Orient, which was going to be a London derby, and that was going to be really fun for Leighton Orient to host Tottenham, a team that was in the Champions League final season before last, and a team that, uh, um, you know, Harry Kane, his first ever professional game, was on loan at Orient. Um, but they said. Uh, Following our game on Saturday, 19 September, COVID 19 testing was conducted on all of our first team playing squad. On Monday, 21st, we received formal confirmation, which shows that a number of our first team squad has tested positive for COVID 19. We have informed the EFL, that's the English Football League, those are the lower divisions, and Tottenham Hotspur, and we'll make further announcement regarding Tuesday's match shortly. Um, Leighton-Orient's priority is the health and well-being of its players and staff. Those who have tested positive will now strictly follow government self-isolation guidelines. As a precautionary measure, we have also um, informed uh, Shrewsbury and Mansfield uh, teams that they have uh, played then. So the league says the EFL has been made aware of the positive tests recorded at Leighton-Orient and are currently awaiting the outcomes of discussions for further guidance well for further guidance apparently they're just going to go ahead and give spurs a victory That uh, it's just too tight to reschedule it and the draw has been made and they need to get and by the way they're probably going to get chelsea in the next round which is fantastic but um this is the first time we've seen it sort of bite into the soccer world here in england all right i'm we'll take a quick break come on back on sports bio
12: Go to brightsidetaxrelief.com now.
10: Kittle ate 200 chicken wings at yo mama's house last night. Now back to Fat Boy.
3: That hurts my feelings so badly. 1-800-878-PLAY. one 800 if you'd like to have yourself heard. Got a lot going on, of course. Uh, how about the unibrow hitting a last-second three-pointer with Jokic in his face? Uh, say what you want about the unibrow. That was some—that was a clutch shot, man. That was the big deal um, in the NHL. I think Tampa was a little bit stunned to come out with a 4-1 loss to Dallas in the first uh, game there. And uh, we'll—I'm sure we'll probably talk to Bruce Marshall tomorrow about a little hockey, and then Sal Berry later in the week. But football-wise, as you go through the gamut and I got a couple wrong. I was more right than wrong. So, um, of course, uh, so Dominic, if you're betting on BetUS, just listen to your boy and unless it's the ones I get wrong then don't listen to me. But, <clears throat> as uh, Charlie mentioned, uh, Justin Herbert looked very good in his debut and in fact, Kansas City had to fight like hell to win on the road in L.A. and beat the Chargers in overtime. Which is something that, uh, I think a lot of us, we just kind of assume now that the Chiefs are are going to win. And I think what's really interesting about next week is that the Chiefs are underdogs. And that's because it'll be a Monday Night Football at Baltimore. We'll talk more about that with Rick's picks as we go. But, uh, you know, Justin Herbert, who could have been the number one overall pick had he come out the year before, he wanted to play an extra year with his brother uh, at Oregon and um the chargers were right to take him and philip rivers uh moved on and philip rivers was not great in his first game with the colts which was a loss and he was not great yesterday but still the colts were able to win you know you look at um kirk cousins a guy who went on the road and threw three interceptions he if you're a kirk cousins hater hater, this is the kind of game you point at and you go, see, that's why I can't stand the guy. That was one of those that I did pick the Colts to win because I just didn't see them getting off to an 0-2 start. I didn't see the Vikings either, but they were the road team, so I went with them. Titans over Jags um, in Tennessee, Nashville. I think most of us had that, but that was a nail-biter as the Jags put on another uh, Minshew mania comeback he threw three touchdowns but two costly picks Ryan tannehill so far living up to his extension as he did not have uh, a pick and he threw for four touchdown passes 33 to 30 <clears throat> and uh, so the titans are 2-0 and the jags are 1-1 panthers over bucks uh or i should say bucks over panthers the panthers are 0 and 2 and looking at a long season i think we all knew brady at home and his home opener was going to do well. Uh, well, a pick and a touchdown, not fantastic. But uh, Leonard Fournette, 12 carries for 103 yards and two touchdowns. And Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, they put a lot into him in in Carolina. They moved on from. From Cam, and there with Teddy, and he threw two picks and no touchdowns. And as I said, McCaffrey had two touchdowns on the ground before he did his ankle, and he's out for a month, month and a half. I talked about Cowboys-Falcons. Once again, if you didn't hear the beginning of the show, the Falcons are the first team since 1933 to score 39 points, have no turnovers, and lose. The winning streak was 440, and they lost. The Bills and the Dolphins. I picked the Bills to win on the road. You probably did too, but the Dolphins at home showed a lot of gumption. And it was a dogfight in the fourth quarter. Uh, 31-28. The Bills win. They're 2-0, and the Dolphins are 0-2. Ryan Fitzpatrick, two touchdown passes. um, And uh, Josh Allen, four touchdown passes. Not a lot of running in this game. Steelers over Donkeys at Heinz Field. Uh, And as I said, uh, this kid, Jeff Driscoll, had to come in for Drew Locke. He's going to be out for a while. He threw two touchdowns and a pick, as did Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Connor running the ball over uh, 100 yards, 106 yards on only 16 touches. Um, My older brother, who sometimes shocks me with some of the dumb things he asks me, and he said, who's this Connor guy? I never heard of him. And I said, he's been there for quite a while. In fact, that's why they were able to move on from Le'Veon Bell. And he goes, yeah, I never heard of him. Okay, great. Um, the Jets and the 49ers, we talked about that. The 49ers won that game easily. But as I said, hopefully it's not too pyrrhic for them. Superfan Dominic says they will now miss the playoffs. Fum, fum, fum. Rams over Eagles. This is one I got wrong, folks. I thought both teams... Uh, were pretty well matched, and uh, you know, and the Rams were a disappointment after going to the Super Bowl a couple years ago and missing the playoffs. But Jared Goff looked like the number one overall pick again, with three touchdown passes, and Carson Wentz did not look good at all. No touchdown passes, and two count him two interceptions, um, and uh, a 37-19 win in the city of sisterly hate. At halftime, it looked like kind of a knockdown dragout, as it was 21 to 16, LA. But uh, LA kept scoring, and all the Eagles could muster in the second half was a field goal. So the Eagles are now 0 and 2, and the Rams are 2 and 0. The Packers beat the Lions at Lambeau. Everyone had that game, doubling the score, 42 to 21. At halftime, it looked like the Lions were in it. Because they were. It was 17-14 Green Bay. And then um, the wheels fell off for them. The Bears beat the Giants in Chicago. Got this one right. Daniel Jones, the guy that Gettleman had to have. No touchdown passes and a pick. Mitchell Trubisky still under center. And why not? They're undefeated. Two picks, two touchdown catches. The Giants are 0-2. New York is the toilet bowl of NFL football yet again. Washington football team went to Arizona and at halftime it was 22 to nothing Arizona and they just were in cruise control after that for 30 to 15. Uh, Washington now 1 and 1. The cards are 2 and 0. Oh, and uh, Kyler Murray a touchdown and a pick and uh, DeAndre Hopkins with the uh, touchdown reception. By the way, Terry McLaurin, remember him, kind of uh, not an afterthought, but not one of the more tiley, highly touted receivers in the draft last year at of USC and was basically the best rookie receiver in the NFL last year for multiple quarterbacks. But uh, he had seven catches for 128 yards on the lone touchdown pass from – Uh, Haskins of Washington Uh, Washington's one and one missions Cardinals are two and oh by the way the Chargers would have been in first place in the division had they won that game in OT they're one and one as the Chiefs are two and oh and then uh, we talked about Christian uh, earlier the Texans are oh and two this is another one I got wrong so those are the two I got wrong Uh, Ravens uh, beat them 33 to 16 and I didn't feel good making that pick but I went with a hunch And I got burned. And then Seahawks over Patriots, it was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. And you needed a goal line stand at the very end of the game. And Cam Newton basically blamed the coaching staff and himself in the same sentence by saying, as I paraphrase, we went to the well too many times. We showed them what we were going to do. They knew what we were going to do. But I have to execute. I have to get it done. So he very, whether he meant it or not, he very uh, much uh, co- <laughs> massaged that statement, saying uh, they knew what we were going to do, but I still should have done uh, a better job. 1 800 878 play if you'd like to get in, 1 800 878 7529. Email bagrick Uh, This email is from Scott, and he says, Rick, are you excited about college football season if and when the Pac-10 comes back into it? Yes. And by the way, don't feel bad saying Pac-10. I still say it as well. It's, well, but um, I have not seen any college football this year. And I know we have already had two weeks, or three weeks, three weeks of football. I have not seen a snap just yet. And I'm sure if you're a Notre Dame fan, you loved every minute of them, Cruising past South Florida. Um, But, yeah, the Pac-12 is going to make a decision very, very soon. Remember, they have six states that have to go all in and allow it, and so far just Oregon and California are in right now. The Big Ten, of of course, uh, over the weekend, they put out another revised schedule Games will now begin for them on October 24th, and if you're wondering about the Ohio State-Michigan game, mark your calendars now for December 12th. That's when that game uh, is going to go down. So uh, the 10-game schedule as it was uh, revised, uh, as I mentioned that first week, October 24th, Nebraska at Ohio State, Michigan at Minnesota, Penn State at Indiana, Iowa at Purdue, Illinois at Wisconsin, Rusk, Rutgers at Michigan State, Maryland at Northwestern. And, yeah, it's stupid that Maryland and Rutgers are in. Maryland should be in the ACC, and Rutgers should be in the Big East. These are just things that uh, resonate with me. And, oh, yeah, Nebraska should be in the Big 12. These are just, I don't, what do I know? They change, uh, they change every day. But uh, the, uh, the rankings, uh, as we look at them right now, uh, Clemson is number one. This is if you're not keeping score at home. Clemson is just the top ten. Clemson is uh, undefeated at 2-0. and Alabama is ranked second, and they have not played a game. Oklahoma is third at 1-0. Georgia has not played a game. They're four. Nor is Florida. They have not played a game. They're five. Notre Dame's 2-0, and and they're ranked sixth. LSU is yet to play; they are seventh. The Longhorns are one and zero at eighth. Auburn has not played, and A&M have not played. But those two squads are nine and ten. And I was just wondering in the top twenty-five if there was a team with a loss yet <laughs> that is in there, and <laughs> not yet. But only uh, in the SEC can you have a team that is that has not played yet that is ranked above a team that's two and zero. And the SEC has three of them. Bama, Georgia, and Florida are all ranked above 2-0 and Notre Dame, and they haven't played. Only in 2020, right? All right, we'll take a quick break and come on back on Sports Violent.
1: That's eight hundred four zero three fifty nine twelve. 5912
10: Rick Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey.
3: I feel bad about it now. Uh, So that turf at the Meadowlands, the Niners complained about it. They said it was too sticky. Technically, MetLife Stadium. Injury bug going around. Bosa, Garoppolo, Mostert, Thomas. Eric Armstead, the Niners defensive lineman, uh, tweeted out, NFL Fix this trash. MetLife turf 2020 is so whack. That's how the kids talk. So the NFL, uh, who does inspect fields before games, they're going to go back and look at it again. And um, Pro Football Talk has uh, confirmed that. They're going to take a look because this was a new turf that was installed in the offseason, and they said it was too sticky like flypaper. And uh, the Niners, by the way, will be playing on that exact same surface next week. Now, I didn't hear if they were staying in New York. I don't think they are with the pandemic and everything. It's too hard. But this would have been, in a normal year, one of these deals like where they stayed in Florida or where they stayed in Ohio. It's just instead of taking a six-hour flight both ways and then come right on back to the exact same building. But look... Nobody likes complaining, but, you know, there might be something to it. And, you know, as Dominic was saying, Solomon Thomas got hurt. That's terrible for him, especially in a year where he has to prove, really, if he belongs in the NFL or not, and now that's out the window. But he was more surplus to requirements. Nick Bosa is, I don't want to say 50% of the defense, but it kind of feels that way. When you are an offensive coordinator – when there's no Bosa in there, you can sleep at night. <laughs> I mean, there are other guys, but uh, that's pretty huge. So they're going to take a look at the quote-unquote grass there in the Meadowlands. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, coming up next is more Sports Talk, and we'll see you tomorrow here at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. <laughs>
7: brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> Great way to end the show.